Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom Fertile, Tom the Angelist, Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Thank Thanks you, David. David. Here with you, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit and see what the Spirit wants to speak to us today? Absolutely. Let's uh, let's go old school and uh, pray the, uh, the come Holy Spirit prayer together. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of thy faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure. Again, it's uh, from John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 19 to 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Tom, I got stuck on the first sentence. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the doors were locked for fear of the Jews... And what I envisioned in the doors of our hearts, which doors of our hearts are locked of a past memory, a past unforgiveness, a past abuse, a place where we've never let the Lord in with his healing balm, allowing him in that door of our heart to heal that part of our heart that just is is infected and needs to be cleaned out. So... For me, that question, for each of our listeners, it's that question, what door of my heart is still locked, out of fear, and Jesus is standing there knocking, saying, please let me in. I want to bring my healing balm. I want to go into that room with you, and I want to help you be able to forgive that person that has abused you, that person that's wounded you, that person that's caused you to lock that door in fear, whatever the situation is. Man, I'm telling you, for my life's journey, it was so important to go back to being eight years old and go back to the abuse and go back to the things that happened to me in my life to allow the Lord into each and every one of those doors of my heart 
because he's always there knocking. He's the gentle lover who wants to come in as that healing bomb. He's the ultimate physician of our hearts, our souls, our minds, our spirits. He wants to heal that area so that we truly can forgive those people who have hurt us so deeply. I know at the Gospel Reflection a few weeks ago, a woman was there and she was sharing of the the wounds that she carried from a relative that was a was a child sexual abuser, and she had such a difficult time being near this man and, and around this man. And so at one point I said, may I help you? She said, oh, absolutely, David. I said, what the Lord has taught me in those situations is that we have to ask the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that Jesus breathed onto the apostles. He wants to breathe that Holy Spirit into us. And here's the key. Who sins you forgive or forgiven them? Who sins you retain or retained? When he breathes the gift of the Holy Spirit into you, he'll let your Holy Spirit, when we don't know how to pray for those people who have wounded us, abused us, who have hurt us, who have falsely accused us, the Holy Spirit will pray through us. And when we pray for those people, it sets us free and it heaps the burning coals of God's love on those who have wounded and hurt us. So it's it's like, man, for me, when I learned that, that I can pray for the people who have hurt me, who have falsely accused me, who have scourged me for my faith, you know, and all these things, it set me free. And, and, because the Lord's never about a one-way street, it becomes this incredible blessing to them. So for me, take it to the Holy Spirit, that gift the Lord gives each of us, and ask the Lord to reveal, to the Holy Spirit to shine his light on the doors of your heart that are still locked, out of fear, if anybody ever knew, if anybody ever knew, if God ever knew, but he does know. He knows and he wants to set you free so that you have that abundant life. That's really what hit me. That really was powerful. You know, what you just described, David, I think is a description uh, or an expression of what I heard the word peace means. The translation of that in the original Greek talks about the um, the peace that comes from a reconciled relationship with another person. We tend to think of it as the absence of conflict. You know, it's just, well, everything's stable and settled and there's no big deal. But this is the kind of peace where people make peace with each other, they embrace each other, and they and they go either go back to where they were or their relationship deepens. And I, and you've probably we've probably all had this similar experience where you start out with somebody who maybe you just run into or you didn't really know that well, and then there's a conflict that erupts. And one or the other of you, and I like to think more often it's me, but sometimes it's not, will reach out and extend a hand of peace or offer a, um, a, you know, a, a healing remark or an apology. And all of a sudden, the relationship turns very quickly. And several of those people that I know from my work in business and, and other um, places that I worked become great friends because... Somehow or another, when when you share that initial tension or that conflict or that frustration or that anger with each other, and then one or the other of you reaches out, it just builds that kind of a peace in the relationship. And uh, I still have some very good friends that I know when I first met them, we were knocking heads with each other, and and uh, they're people I would, 
You know, uh, I once heard Stephen Covey said, they're the kind of friends that were if you got locked in a jail in Tijuana and you had one phone call, you'd call them because you know they'll come for you. You know, it's that kind of a friend. And uh, so uh, that's, you know, that that unlocking that fear in our hearts is really more than just making peace, you know, the absence of conflict or fear in our life. It's also that embrace of other people. It's a deeper peace than just the absence of conflict. You know, there's an incredible piece here, Tom, that really touched me as you were sharing. Jesus is showing us that when we let people into those wounds, just as he showed his hands and his side, those wounds become our story to help others heal. When I spoke to that woman, when she gave me permission, I shared with her my journey of being sexually abused as a young boy and and my journey of healing with the Lord's help that I then am now used by the Lord, revealing my wounds. They don't hurt me anymore, but now my wounds become my testimony. They become my story to help other people learn that the Lord wants to heal them. He wants to set them free. And then learning to pray for those people who have abused us, who have hurt us, who have falsely accused us, my goodness gracious, we don't know the ripple effect in both our lives and their lives. Because you see, it's not until this occurs that the Lord can truly send you, because we must be sent with his peace. And if we carry unforgiveness, if we carry that root of bitterness, we're not healthy to take his message to the world. So for me, it's a daily journey to make sure I'm set free every day because the Lord wants to send me just as the Father sent him to be a message of hope, of healing, of compassion, of mercy, of love, of light in this world. Jesus Christ wants to live in you, with you, and through you in every moment of your day. That's the key. You know, obviously, we've you know we've we've hit that common theme of finding that peace and and uh, praying for that, that hurt from others, etc. You know, when this when this reading came out to us, uh, you know, to discuss what hit me, um, and maybe it's something I struggle with more. When I got to the the word about retained, my first thought was, what sins do what what sins of my own do I retain? So my focus was not what grudges do I hold against others or what bitterness do I have against others, or that's definitely there. My first thought was I, I struggle more with holding on to what I've already confessed, what I've already taken to the Lord. I've got the healing, and yet why do I let that linger? Why do I still hold on to things that God's freed me of, and yet I have that inkling to, yeah, but no, no, he really didn't. Like, it's still there. I still have that, you know, I'm still accountable for that. And, and I remember, you know, listening to our good friend, <clears throat> Monsignor Essif, and uh, he, he, he puts it pretty bluntly. How about it, David? You know, <laughs> you know pretty much like, well, you're, you're denying the Lord then. You're, you're, you're casting aside his authority. You're casting aside, you're, you're saying that, you know, you hold more uh, authority than he does. I'm like, uh, well, I, I really didn't mean that. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but no, I think that for many people, um, it's, it's uh, it, as 
difficult as it is to forgive others, sometimes forgiveness of oneself and retaining um, what you've even confessed is not always easy because it it lingers there. And, and when we get uncomfortable or when we get angry, and we've talked about this before, then we kind of drift back into some of the old ways and some of those old offenses come back. Yeah, but you were the guy who did this. You were the guy who did that. Uh, and that, that that's um, a struggle. That, yeah. That's what I was thinking as you're sharing. Maybe the difficulty is with what you just said, God forgives us, but the people sometimes that are in our lives always remind us or they haven't forgiven, they uh, kind of keep holding us back or in a certain light or, or uh, you know, holding us in our past. <clears throat> in our past. That's, that's some of the struggles that I have is when people try to, try to keep, you, keep you where you were, that's, for me, that's, that's the hardest. And that, maybe that's part of the suffering. I just received this beautiful quote from Pope John Paul II, and it was entitled Suffering. And David, when you talk about wounds, right, how Jesus invited us into his wounds, and through our wounds, we're going to, uh, you know, have a, a you know, get, become close to Christ, but then also it, it, it's, it builds bridges with people. Um, so this quote is beautiful. It says, Christ associates himself in the closest possible way to all who suffer. Not only does he understand our suffering, but he teaches us that suffering pain, growing old, and death itself all have immense value when they are united with his own passion and death. In fact, Jesus says that no one can claim to follow him without taking up his cross. Pope John Paul II, Saint John Paul II. When it's so important, you know, you know, as we walk on this journey, Rob, but in, in, to you, I would say there's a book called Boundaries because allowing somebody to abuse you and hold you to your past is not of God. And so setting up those safe boundaries for your heart and not allowing that person to continue to abuse you is keyly important. And the reason I say that is Monsignor Esif, when I went to him... And I share with him my story on the phone for the first time I've ever met him almost 14 years ago. He stopped me and he said, you're carrying this grave sin. I said, well, of course, you know, me and being Dave Abel, I said, oh, no, Monsignor, you're wrong. <laughs> carrying it. And he said, I confessed it all. Lord set me free. And, uh, and he said, oh, no, sir, you're wrong. And he said, you're carrying the, the sin of unforgiveness of yourself. And you've been allowing yourself to be abused unnecessarily and suffer unnecessarily for the past four years, which he wouldn't have known that. Because when we don't forgive ourselves for our past, then and we think other people have the right to keep beating us for that same fall, that's not of God, that's of Satan. Satan always reminds us and uses people to remind us of our past. So it's so important to put your hands up, protect your heart, and don't allow them to go there. Walk away, because that's not of God. It's meant to hurt you. It's meant to drain the life out of you. And if you have any of that forgiveness of self you haven't done yet, you haven't forgiven yourself, you think you deserve it, that's not, not of God. That's actually what Monsignor shared with me. It's a mortal sin. It's a mortal sin to not forgive yourself. You know, people say, well, what's the unforgiv un unpardonable sin? Well, your choice to not forgive 
to hold on to that, to just say, you know, I mean, <laughs> um, the angel of light, Satan, Lucifer himself said, you know, I, I will not serve. To not for, let go and forgive, even forgive yourself, is a mortal sin. It causes that break, that separation in our relationship with the Father. So for me, forgiving yourself is so important. You know, I asked the Father the other day, I said, well, Father, why do I fall? I'm sure everybody I'm talking to out there, we're probably not all perfected yet. Why do I fall? And the answer was still, still quiet voice was so, so beautiful. It says, David, so you always realize how much you need me and how dependent you are on me. Because when we think we can do it on our own strength, the enemy's always looking to devour us, always looking to take us down. And the moment spiritual pride slips in and you go, huh. Pat myself on the back here. It's been X number of years. Aren't I in good shape? You just set yourself up for the fall because the Lord's saying, you know what? I need to let him go. I need to let him fall so he realizes how much he needs me every day at every moment. So that, that revelation of how much I need God is like St. Paul when he said, you know, hey, Lord, this thorn in my side, you know? Can you just take it out? I want to be perfect. But see... If we realize and think we're perfect, then we probably really don't really need God because we're good to go. And and also, not only do we not need him, but we're the ones that decided. <laughs> so it's even, it's even more. But it it's uh, I mean it's it's not ironic. I'm sure it's of the Holy Spirit. But I had just been reading probably for the last three weeks a book about confession, and towards the end of it, it talks about frequent confession and. How to you know how to work that in your spiritual life? And one of the things you're susceptible to when you go to confession frequently is you get to the point where, because you've gotten a lot of the stuff, you know the the external things that you've done wrong and the you know the overt sins and things like that, is you have a tendency to think, well, you know, he's a, I like to go to confession every week, but I don't really have anything to confess this week. And and that's where you know that's when the spiritual pride starts to creep in. So one of the things that that the author has mentioned is that the church has this principle from it's kind of an old school thing called compunction. And one of the th reasons why, for example, at the beginning of mass and throughout the mass, the priests will talk about, you know, your unworthy servant and things like that. And one of the reasons why we have the penance service at the beginning, you know, the the the, the admission of sin and all that, is to remind us that we're not perfect, because when you when you've taken care of the external things then it becomes easier for you to start realizing that perhaps the ground of your of your you know the things that you think about in the background all the time are self-serving they're um, angry they're you know i know for example myself i get angry a lot that uh, often that i don't express i got a pretty good i've done a pretty good job of not expressing it to people and not offending people but i still get upset about stuff all the time and if you if you stop thinking about what you've done wrong you know you forget about this idea that we're all sinners then you you miss that and it's spirit on the way to spiritual perfection is spiritual pride and that's where geez i don't really have anything to confess anymore well that's when you need to start looking inside because the things that you're holding back on the outside you didn't deal with the roots inside, and that's why occasionally we'll fall, we'll slip, you know, um, because it's still in there. And then something happens that you really, this is enough, and then you do get angry and you blow up and it's worse, you know, 
because it's it's still in there. So it's really been uh, kind of an eye opener. And then for for you to bring that up is exactly. I mean, that's exactly what the author was describing as spiritual pride. As you get to the point, where you think I don't really have. I don't really have that much to confess. And it's, a, and it's people who are trying hard to be the best they can in their spiritual life who fall into that trap, you know, and, 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 they're, and we're blind to it sometimes. So. I was never much of a poker player. I had other, other gambling vices, but poker, <laughs> poker wasn't one of them. But what do, they, what do they call it when the guy has a good hand and he, and he can't, hold his, can't hold his smile? The tell. The tell, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, as you're sharing that time, I'm thinking of my tell at home is when I get frustrated, I hum. <laughs> I hum or I deep yeah. sigh. Yeah. And the kids know. Like, that's yeah, my tell. Know. And they, I won't blow up. I'll, I'll just, hmm, hmm, I'll start humming. And they're like, Dad, you okay? <laughs> you know, so like, that's, uh, you know, the way that you described it is is going to help me with uh, with my examination because, you know, I'm not keeping it all in. Like even like a, an external thing that should be peaceful and joyful humming is uh, is one of my tells when I'm bottled up. So why does the Holy Spirit use you to convict me? <laughs> I keep deep sighing, and my wife keeps saying, "What's wrong?" And immediately I say, "Nothing, hon. I just wanted to sigh." No, it's not true. I just lied. So now I, I sighed and I lied because there is something bothering me. But how quickly we dismiss it. I'm telling you, when you think you're good to go, you better get a big mirror, sit down and say, Holy Spirit, bring the big floodlights because we have a problem. You know, my, my spirit director, Monsignor SF, says, what's your biggest sin, Dave? Well, I said, well, I think it's this. I think it's that. He said, nah, your biggest sin? Self-sufficiency. How many times do you think you got to do it? It's all about you. You'll fix it. You'll give the advice. You'll give the counsel. You don't even involve the Father. You don't involve nobody. You got to cover. I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay, self-sufficiency. How about judgment? Do you judge anybody? Oh, do you gossip at all? Do you just share a good truth? That's gossip. Uh, do, do you complain at all? Uh-oh, I'm in trouble now. I'm telling you what, when you shine, let the Holy Spirit shine his light on your soul, please do it gently, Holy Spirit, and he illuminates where our fallings are. It's amazing. But see, the Lord wants us to be set free. And you just, I'm telling you, Rob convicted me, deep sigh. My wife knows spiritually there's something wrong. And what do I say? Oh, no. No, I'm good. I'm good to go. I, no, I just wanted the deep sigh. Really? So you wanted the deep sigh and then lie. You know, what you're saying, Dave, it, it really reminds me, like people talk about saints. And I think even in this room, I, I've said it like, you know, we see some saints and go, you know, and they were these great examples, you know, but we're not all called to live that way, you know, like the way. And yet what you're saying is we actually are. But see, we, we hold them up there and go, I'll never be like, you know, the little flower. I'll never be like St. Francis. You know, they were so every day, all day, always thinking. We go, that and that, that. We're in the real world. Like, we're living, you know, we're, we, so, so we, we, we lower the expectations. We think about good enough or I'm doing enough. Um, and I was just listening to later the other day, talking about that. Like, no, you're either on that route <laughs> or you're not. Yeah. And, and it is about that. It is about yeah. that growth. It is about, so if you've kicked that vice that's in your life, okay, 
what's next? And I think that's what Monsignor wow. said. What's next? What's next? Because I remember being in college and I was away from my faith, but and I was you know drinking and, and and living the party life, but I wasn't killing people, right? I wasn't robbing banks. So back then I'd have been like, yep, I'm Catholic. I'm I, you know I live a good life. I'm not murdering people. I'm not robbing banks. Mm-hmm. But my the, the, you know the radar was off. So as we we can with God's help you know, conquer little things in our life and maybe some sin that used to plague us does go away. But then the question is, what's next? Not, I've arrived, what's next? Which is the path to sainthood, which is the path to perfection where everything that's not of God gets out of the way. Mm. So can I correct your language a little Absolutely. So in your description to our listening public, you said, so when you (laughs) you kick that vice, (laughs) I'm sitting here going, really? Stop, so you got it all figured out. You kicked it. The Lord had nothing to do with it. But, you know, we laugh about that, right? but it's the truth. Sure. You see, when we say the words, that's what's coming out of our hearts, that little bit of pride. I kicked that sin. I remember <laughs> telling my senior SF, you know, I broke free from alcoholism. I broke free from gambling addiction. I broke free from anger. He said, you stop that. Quit robbing and stealing from the Lord. You broke free from nothing. He said, the Lord Jesus Christ set you free, stop taking the credit that he and he alone deserves. And I went, whoo, that's a learning lesson. So it's amazing. But in our, just in our language, it, it, it's in there. There's that little root. Oh, my goodness. So, sometimes, you know, for those of you who don't know our dear Monsignor Esif, um, sometimes going to confession is, is uh, you leave there, like that procedure you had on your face, like where you're like, I can't, like, like where like you feel like everything's getting burned off, right? Like, yes. And you're in shock, almost. Like I remember one time I, I was I was in such shock as he read me, you know, the Holy yeah. Spirit read me through him, and I walked out and I was giving somebody a ride home, and she, are you okay? Are you, I, I, I mean, I was I couldn't even I couldn't even talk. Um. With my but, old confessor said, everything's yeah, okay, yeah, Rob, you're a good yeah. guy, don't worry about yeah. it. Right, right. Love, but my senior loved it, and then he gives you a big hug. and Tells you, you know, your father loves you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so without that, sometimes we you know, we can fall into that, that lull, that rut. Um, yeah. Even, even when I'm sitting with Monsignor in confession, I only, get, I only really get to confess to him when he's here for our conferences but uh, and our retreat, but... It, there's always that uncomfortable, for me, it, it comes out as this uncomfortable feeling that I'm sitting there and like, I don't have any clothes on. It's like, it's like he just <laughs> looks right, <laughs> he just looks right, right yeah. through you. And yeah. you're, you're like so conscious of everything that you're talking and not just externally, but internally, like, is this really aligning truthfully with what is going on inside of me? Because he'll read right through that. If you're, if you're disingenuous, if you're self-serving, if you're, Posturing, if you're mm. putting something out there that's not really, um, you know, truly what you're, is going on inside of you, he he just reads that, and it's it's a it's a a great experience, but it's also one of those experiences that, you know, going into it, it's very for me, it's very always very uncomfortable, and I'm not, I've never been, and this is one of the things I used to confess, I've never been big on confession, but I, you know, it's it's necessary, so. You know, and as a Catholic, this is the proof text of God, through Jesus Christ, gave the gift through the Holy Spirit to the priests who are in persona Christi. We're called and commanded to confess our sins to one another. Those priests were given a gift, a charism, to be able to be that instrument to help us get it out, 
let open the doors of those wounds so that the Lord can set us free. So for me, that goes for the priesthood, but it also goes for you and I. Because our free will choice to forgive or not forgive, it has eternal consequences. God bless each and every one of you. Let's get set free. Peace be with you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.